Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Stefania, mamo, mamo, Stefania, rozkwitaje pole, abo na sywie, zaspiwaj meni, mamo, kolesko, uchoczuście poczuty twoje This is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Amridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am back. I am Royfield Brown and today I'm joined by Susie Riddell. And this week's Dumdy Dum is from me via Stephen via the Ukrainian entry for Eurovision in 2022. Hello. Well, I'm very good after listening to that music. I wish you could have seen me. I was full on. I was, oh, I was going for it. <laughs> I was absolutely going for it. I felt like I was in a disco. Oh, I loved it so much. I loved it so much. Oh, thank you very much, Mrs. I just thought it was the appropriate uh, mashup to do today. Today of all days. Now on this episode, we're going to hear calls from our Witherspoon, Jen from the Ambridge Pony Club, Ah, Claire from Clapham. We have a new caller in and Daniel. Daniel is back. Plus, we have Tweet of the Week from Purple Pumpkin. We have a social media roundup from our Sandra. We're going to welcome the new members of our Facebook group. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue, the Queen of Tart. Hello there. Sue here, Queen of Tart on the Twitters. I don't have enough voice to sing the week in Ambridge. 
I will probably never have enough voice to sing the week in Average. There's a new Mr Motivator in town, Pat Archer, who was the last person I thought would be able to get Tracy out. Thank our lucky stars, she's not a team leader who doesn't bother with others. Leonard hit things with his lucky bat. My, what a single entendre. And Jill and Co. presumably had dodgy quiche. What the hell did you put in it, Fallon? I know what I was thinking, and I remember, in fact, I don't remember, a lost weekend. And you do know that Jill has a finite number of weekends left. On Monday, Jimmus had a personality transplant, frankly, turning into a right nimby before having his views refuted by Stella and tied up in a ribbon to take to the parish council. She, Stella, most likely is taking home an abandoned greyhound. Well, at least somebody's household may be expanding. Tracy got stuffed over by Gary, who's managed to get a job in a port, which is a blooming miracle, frankly. Pat and Tony had an excellent row on Tuesday. Sounded just like my house. And Lee sustained a proper injury. But at least groins were not involved. Lily showed her true colours wanting Jazza to book sales appointments so she could get her commission. I'm glad we all understand her. I'd love Jazza to call, call me for a chat personally. Maybe he should be a befriender. Oh no, do they really believe that no one will notice that Jazza, Jimmus and Alistair all live at the same address? <sighs> On Wednesday, well it became clear that yes, they do think they can get away with thinking that they don't necessarily all live at the same address. Oh, it's a travesty. This is turning into a Brian Ricks farce with doors opening to reveal Shula. All we need now is for someone's trousers to fall down in the underperforming kitchen. Fern's hopes and dreams are shattered. She leaves empty-handed, just like Tracy. Oh, my lovely Tracy, you were too good for table cleaning and washing up. Chelsea will be much cheaper. But, as we found out on Thursday, Lower Loxley will be just fine because Freddie is coming to the rescue. Lily was a right mardy cow, but she's got good reason to be. Imagine coal-coaling people to sell kitchens and having to listen to Russ. Chelsea may be cheaper, but she's going to be very labour-intensive. I can't wait to watch Follin's labours trying not only to corral multiple children, but also battling parents, or not even step-parents. She did a grand job tackling Jill, but she's not heard the last of her favouritism towards the boss's child. Henry Archer. Well, of course, an archer was always going to win out over a Grundy because they're not allowed anything nice. I can't wait to see how this plays out. Till next week. Thank you for that, Sue, Queen of Tart. Susie, they've really given you some heavy lifting this week, haven't they? You have fundamentally been the archers. Thanks very much. (laughs) She she has been quite vocal um, the last few weeks. Yeah, she's had a lot going on. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, top of the shop, we have our Claire Asprey. It's Claire from Clapham. Hi, Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. And a big welcome back to Royfield and a hello, hello, hello to Susie Roots. Um, it's great to know that you're picking up the reins and um, we're looking forward to another new phase of Dumpty Dum. So uh, this has been quite the unusual week, hasn't it? Lots of um, slightly mad and short-term things going on. Just a bit of a place filler for future events, I suspect. Um, 
But uh, I have to say, a lot to enjoy uh, in all the madness. You know, quiche, calamities, uh, Pat and Tony bickering, um, you know, crazy, um, crazy kitchen saleswomen. I mean, to be honest, if it, if, if Jazza finally manages get to get someone to be convinced to have someone come around their house, I don't think they're doing themselves any favours <laughs> with the people they're sending around. Um, I'm not sure that I would respond very well to someone who came to my house and sort of talked like that about my kitchen. It's really strange. But um, I did enjoy the whole um, kind of 80s sitcom feel of the uh, <laughs> for the way Shula had to suddenly pretend to be uh, still married to Alistair. And that was just all so crazy, wasn't it? Um, but, you know, I think it's useful to have weeks like this as a bit of light relief. And in terms of uh, Tracy, I think Tracy's managed really well to deal with Chelsea getting that job instead of her. Uh, I don't think Chelsea will keep that job very long because I don't know that she's going to be very well dedicated to it. But I think that's going to be just a useful learning experience for her. Um, so, you know, it's all part of making you a rounded person, isn't it, with that age? So, uh, And I'm hoping that it means that something better is in line for Tracy and she'll get a better job. So um, fingers crossed and keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. First off, you didn't have kick off when um, Oliver said that he was closing down Grey Gables? Well, yes. I mean, I felt exactly the same as Tracy, to be honest. I mean, that was the best job she's ever had. And um, and she loved it and she felt part of a family. And it was pretty bad, wasn't it? The way he did it. He didn't give yeah. them any warning at all. Mm, no, he didn't. Um, it was really odd, actually, because um, we were recording that at the same time as the P&O Ferries debacle, and which was odd because obviously the scripts are written before that. And it was like, hang on. <laughs> it's, it's like the Archers is kind of prescient. It's really weird. Sometimes they things happen that coincide with things happening in the other world that we call reality. It's like, oh, hang on. It's, like, it's as if we'd copied P&O Ferries. But it felt it was a very weird kind of coincidence. Yeah, I think she's just really hurt. She was hurt by Oliver as well because she did. But, you, but you're, you're, you're completely right. This was the first job that she's had, which she's actually felt validated mm. in, yeah. isn't it? And she has a relationship uh, with Oliver. So the fact that he didn't say anything at all, yeah. you can imagine how how you take it so badly and also it wasn't just her taking it badly was it it was you know we heard roy and kathy um we heard kathy um <laughs> and <laughs> yes we did um they felt the same any of her feelings of being hurt by it and disappointed and and shocked were ever, they were fueling each other i suppose i was as susie devastated to hear that it was shutting and that tracy would be losing her job because Frankly, it's the best job I've ever had <laughs> working in Grey Gables. <laughs> I bloody love it there. And um, yes, it's very sad. And I, I want it. I, I hope she gets a job there when it reopens. But I don't know. I want to be there with Roy again, having chats and Freddie and, and Linda. But I don't think that'll ever happen. Oh, I don't like change, Roy Field. Can you be getting this again? <laughs> I don't like change. Thing is, talking about change and whatever one of the things which i've really noticed in my time away from because between you and i i hadn't listened to the archers for 10 months mm. and then i've then i've just come back and 
it was really nice to hear a real interaction between you and Chelsea, mm. you know. Um, oh, yes, yes. Because you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have heard no, that. No, I know. You wouldn't, I didn't know she existed. Well, I mean, she existed, but didn't know she had a yeah. voice box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like she's now a, a speaking character and I heard mother and daughter. And uh, and also, you know, when she goes off and, and she comes back, you know, with, with the job and she says, you know, this is, she didn't quite say Team Horribin, but she's something around No, I think that. she did. Yeah. I think she did say oh, Team Horribin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you get on uh, with the actor who, who plays your daughter? Who, who is she? And are you guys actually now back in the studio now? Or are you still doing yes. this all remote? How's that no, working? No, we've been, we've been back. Um, oh, my goodness. I can't even remember, <laughs> you know, at the time. time. Yeah. Well, time doesn't mean anything to me anymore <laughs> after the last two years. It just... So I'm not quite sure when we went back, but it's been a while. Um, we went back and then we had to come out again and then we went back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it has been a good few months. And what is nice now, what is a fairly recent change um, post the start of this year is that we do the read-throughs together in person because we were we were doing read-throughs on Zoom and then um, going into studio in, in the small group of whatever, you know, re- scenes you were recording. So it's usually just one or two people. Um and you wouldn't see anybody else in that episode. So now we're, we're doing the read-throughs together, which makes a huge difference. Um, you get for getting a sense of what the episode, you know, what's going on in the episode and just seeing people, lovely people um, and friends and, and um, you know, the other characters, the other people that exist. Um, do, so do, that's you, good. do you think, do you think that we as listeners um, subconsciously hear that the difference when you guys um, have actually done uh, a read through actually in person as opposed to Zoom. Uh, I sh- I shouldn't think so. I don't know. I shouldn't think so because. But, but it makes you the actors feel more comfortable and confident, though, does it? I well, I think so. Well, partly because you do it, you do the read through, and then you go and record. Whereas when we're mm. doing it on Zoom, you're at home, you're doing it on Zoom, possibly a week before <laughs> you're recording. So you're so you- you're missing out on that um, little. Of the- and a bit of There's energy rehearsal and, and the, yes the momentum um and it is nice to hear because uh, we were hearing all the you know you'd hear the complete episode in fact you'd hear a whole week when we were doing the the um read-throughs on zoom because we'd read them all the whole all the scripts for the week um mm-hmm. but but this way it's it, it's more immediate you do the rehearsal you know and it's and it's <clears throat> it's a time to play the, the read-through it's time to have a little little go at what you're going to do and um how it works and try something out and then you can go into the studio and then you do your rehearsal on mic but having that extra rehearsal with no pressure is very yeah it's very useful and fun (laughs) frankly talking talking about fun right i i thought we were going to be talking about um eurovision and and here we we are (laughs) deep into the weeds of how the art is recorded so anyway let's do with a spoon and then uh, let's turn up the fun uh, quota. Okay. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Rayfield, Susie, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, wishing you a very big welcome back and the best of luck. As I believe Rob Williams noted to Philippa last week, the changing of the co-hosts of Dumpty Dum do kind of resemble the regeneration of the doctors. Each new doctor and each new co-host brings things both familiar and new to the table. 
With Royfield, there's a lot familiar and fun. Although we do have a lot of new listeners since we last heard our friend from Birmingham, London, and Oakland, so they'll be in for a treat. Alas, I do wish that the Archers brought us a better week with which to begin the new era. I hardly ever complain about the storylines, and I do love the Archers, but I did find this week to be odd and grating. There was a lot of debate on the socials about this and how much we should complain regarding this off week. But as self-anointed experts of the show, and I believe we are, I think we have the right to hold the creative team's feet to the fire. The good news of the week is that we did hear a lot from Tracy since the announcing of the closing of Grey Gables. Tracy's economic trauma has been very well played by Susie. I do have a question for you, Susie. How do you understand Tracy's great anger at Oliver and her unwillingness to accept his attempts to apologize to her? A more critical thought regarding the plotting, and others have also noted this, once Tracy picked herself up and dusted herself off from this setback, it seems that it should not be too difficult to secure at least a half-decent job. Whether I walk down the streets of New York where I live or of the small town of Summit, New Jersey where I work, there's a help-wanted sign in the window of almost every restaurant or retail store I pass. Then the revelation that Chelsea got the job at Lower Loxley, and not the more experienced and mature Tracy, seemed absurd. Anyway, about out of time. Talk to you soon. That's addressed all to you. Well, it was. Hello with the spoon um, and Angus Haggis. <laughs> well, the, on the point of Chelsea getting the job and not Tracy, I think... I think it's because it it wasn't actually it what probably was more of a job for Chelsea in terms of it's quite a lowly job and I think Trent was, might have been a bit intimidated by Tracy <laughs> I'm not sure um I think it was a, more of a job for a, a sort of 17 year old um who could maybe be more easily manipulated but actually I think he's going to come a cropper there isn't he with with our Chelsea because she doesn't hold back she doesn't want to look like elizabeth first uh, and probably she is cheaper i don't know but with the other stuff i think i think tracy's really been knocked by the whole experience and her confidence has been knocked so i think with each setback it's kind of kicks her back a bit more and so we've sort of heard she's at the end of that so what's happened she's so gray gable shut she went for the job at the kitchen place lost that um, then she went for the job at Low Loxley and didn't get that. So and people and Jazza got the other job, and Chelsea's got the other job. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know, what what what's left? What have I got? So I'm glad she's got the cricket. But it's, I suppose it's just yeah, see how she picks herself up and, and what's available. I don't I don't know if there are tons of jobs available around Ambridge. Yeah, she's going to have to go a bit further afield, I think. Mm. Which is so it's a bit more tricky. I agree. I'm always really surprised how nobody seems to venture outside of Ambridge for <laughs> job opportunities. You know, it's like yeah. there is Felpersham, yeah. there is Borsetshire, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is a world outside of uh, the village for yeah. people to, to be working in. I remember uh, one thing I, I did hear when Adam got, uh, when Adam had to leave home farm, you know, he was moaning about like a 20 minute commute or something. Or another. Yeah. It's like, it's like, this is pretty standard stuff, Adam. <laughs> but, but I think that's so. But I don't think that's that is um, that's how it is, though, isn't it? When you're used to just going, like for example, in lockdown, suddenly mm. the thought of going longer than like a half hour journey 
It's just it's like, what? Or it just, it's somewhere you can't walk to. Hang on a second. This is too much. I can't, I can't <laughs> deal with this. Is it not just with a two minute walking distance? Um, you, so I think there is something about your world kind of shrinks to, you know, you shrink to fit your world in a way. That is, is that utterly the, spot on. Yeah. And it's something which I utterly notice when I'm in California, because it's a much more of a driving culture. Yeah. The distances that people go to the cinema, to work, yeah. to see friends is humongous and the, uh, compared <laughs> to Britain. And they mm. won't think anything of it at all. Yes. So from one end of the Bay Area, Vallejo to San Jose is basically 70 miles. And you will just casually do that trip to go see a friend without yes. thinking, oh, my God, I need a pack lunch. Where am I going to stop off? Yeah. You know, might need to have a wee halfway through. Da, 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 you yeah. know, and people just do it on a whim. Whereas in the UK, you wouldn't travel 70 miles on a whim. No. That's like proper organisation which you need. So yeah. it's an attitude of mind. It really yes, is. it is. It, it is. really is. And I think, well, well I, I mean, I, I live in London and I think, you know, it takes an hour to get anywhere. And it mm. just, you just factor it in. But but when you talk to I talk to friends my friends in Birmingham and they can't believe that I do that on a daily you know daily basis because that's a that's a full on commute that's a but then I know if I lived if I did if I moved back to Birmingham I would find it all much more convenient and um, probably would never travel for more than an hour ever again. True that, but you you could never see yourself going back to Brum though, could you? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But um, mm. don't let my mum hear this. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> so talk, talking about maybes, do you ever think Britain, the United Kingdom, Wyoming, will ever win <laughs> the Eurovision Song Contest? Because this was our best oh, chance because... <laughs> in a generation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. Oh, he was great. What a great song. It, it weren't it weren't half bad. Oh, Here's yeah. a question for you. Here's a question for you. Which character or characters in the Archers would have been up for having a Eurovision party? A party? Do you reckon? Yeah. Uh, because because you said you know you sat down for the whole kind of four hours, and there are people that are like woohoo, let's have a party, let's yeah. get some friends round, blah blah blah. You know, you know which Ambridge household would have been all up for a bit of a Wyomingie de point. <laughs> Well, I think, I think if things were a bit different, probably Tracy's household. Um, really? Wouldn't she thought, mm, it's all a bit cheesy? You know, they don't even like us over there, them Europeans anymore. Oh, I don't know. I've never really got her grip on kind of the situation. <laughs> I've never really discussed <laughs> Brexit. Um, but I think she's quite fair, open-minded. To be fair, those Europeans... Right, who I actually quite like because I'm going to sound like a like an arch Brexiteer now, and I don't mean to. They'd stopped liking us from way before Brexit. <laughs> We've been doing terribly since the end of the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I remember when I remember when we were still doing quite well, um, mm. and it was a bit of a shock that it just yeah, it was like it's been dreadful, hasn't it? When I actually stopped, I did stop watching it, and I'm not really sure why. I think it's because I was driving along in my car and I heard mm. the song. Uh, Sam Ryder's song Spaceman a couple of weeks ago and I, I didn't know it was the Eurovision entry I just heard this song and I was like oh that's a good, I like that Turn, you know turned it up and then at the mm. end they said that's our Eurovision entry I was like what are you kidding me um, 
that's actually that's a really good song. I'd, I'd play, I'd buy that. Um, so I think because of that, I um, just fancy watching it. And I didn't realise that Mika was going to be one of the, um, you know, the hosts. I love Mika. <laughs> So he was hosting and then he did a little bit in the interview. Did you not watch it last night? Did you watch it? You know, I didn't <laughs> okay. because, because it came on at a peculiar time. <clears throat> oh, it would have done for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also I don't know readily where I'd actually watch it. I'm sure there is going to be some channel oh, yeah. that would have played it, but it's not going to be an get BBC. One. Well, actually, I can I do my VPN. Say. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but like, but um, but well, I'm not. <clears throat> anyway, I don't know where. <clears throat> no, no, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> where could you possibly view that? Um, yes, well, it's worth a Google. It's worth catching up on some of the ads. Um, I, and I have to say, next year I will be doing my own um, Eurovision party because I'm 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 obsessed now. Absolutely obsessed. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> Really amazing. Oh, it, the the show. It's. I mean, my mind was blown at how mm. the set changes and the lights and I don't know how the heck they're organising that. It's it's stage management <laughs> on the scale of which I've never seen before. The the number of lights in that building. It was amazing, and just the the, the sheer kind of <clears throat> the variety of the performances, and they're all really they're all very good quality you know they're all great really? singers all of them all well, of them come on maybe, come on now maybe not all of them i don't know I they, they, are, they have their own character there are a couple of flat moments there are a couple of oh just that's <laughs> flat ah <clears throat> my husband and i are quite yeah attuned to that and it hurts mm. um but yeah i i thought some amazing, amazing performances, that, and some of which just don't get the credit they deserve, and they're like five points, and you go, "Oh dear, it's heartbreaking." But you know, <laughs> I was very pleased with the outcome. Very pleased. But yes, yeah. uh, who who would have? I don't know who else would have a party. Um, hmm. Maybe, maybe Fallon. She'd be up for that. I think you might be right with Fallon. I tell you, Linda Snell. She'd definitely be be, be watching, oh, yeah. wouldn't she? She's she'd be dressed Euro as um, Abba. Yeah, yes. I could see her as a as a Agnetha, Agnetha. Don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, <laughs> one of the Abbas. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we need to do right because when you said the word performance, right, our next caller inner, who is a first time caller inner, uh, came to mind. His name is Panto Martin. Don't you know? <laughs> Hello, it's Panto Martin here from Sheffield, a first time caller inner. Well started listening to the Archers a few years ago when the Helen and Rob thing was all kicking off. Been hooked ever since. Sorry to see P&Q go, but really happy to see Royfield. Anyway, as I said before, it's Panto Martin here. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. What a week. Fallon, how stupid. Thought it would be easy to get children involved in judging. Have you not realised that they have parents and step-parents? which is much worse. Should have got Jill Archer to do it. Anyway, that's all for now. Everything is behind you. Bye. <laughs> uh, welcome to the fold, Panto Martin. And thank you for the, uh, for the very warm welcome that you've given me. Yes, I am back now. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This judging thing, Ed did go off the deep end, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he really did. Um, but he did say one of my favourite lines of the, um, well, possibly ever. <laughs> the boss's son made Lord Chief Justice of Puddings. Um, <laughs> which I just, I had to write down. I thought it was absolutely amazing. In fact, that whole episode... That was the that was the episode where Chelsea said, "I'm going to look like Elizabeth the first or something," um, uh. which I thought was also great. Um, yeah, but but you know, I did feel for him, and I think I don't know what Fallon's thinking. Was she? I don't know. Well, she, she was, wasn't, was she? She no, wasn't. she just sort of agreed. You know, yeah, she just went along, sort of strong armed into making a decision, and um, yeah, poor Kira. Left on the sidelines. I'm sure that's happened before. Um, now, I, I know there's a bit of a kitchen theme uh, <laughs> last week. Yeah, there right? was actually. Yeah. And I remember doing a dum-de-dum with you. And you, your kitchen is pretty splendiferous. Like, you've got quite the kitchen, haven't you? It, it, it's reasonably spacious. Yes. It's reasonably well appointed. Yeah. Right. Now, with that in mind. Yeah. Number one. How much of a say did Mr. Susie Rids have uh, with the um, <laughs> equipping of your kitchen? And then B, mm. people cook out of kitchens. What do you reckon the ingredients were that Fallon <laughs> thought was in that quiche? Okay, question one. Mr. Susie Rids had quite a say, I would say, uh, you know, 
We 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 talked about it quite a lot. There is quite a lot of pink in the kitchen, and um, I'm glad to say that uh, Joel was very happy with that. So, when you say pink, we talking salmon? We're to- no, not salmon. Um, more of a I don't know putty sort of pink, quite a light pink. Because hmm. um, pink isn't really a colour or putty that one really associates with kitchens. No, it's odd, isn't it? <laughs> We saw we saw a picture of a gold, <laughs> white, got white and pink kitchen with mm. um, gold, you know, hints of gold handles and stuff. And we're like, yeah, I like that. So we went for that. But he does more of the cooking. He's I don't really like cooking. Um, I quite happily never cook again. Um, but unfortunately, life doesn't go down like that. <laughs> you kind of have to mm. cook for children and things. Um, so he his his input was essential. Um, in terms of the quiche, I mean, it could have been a really hot chili or something, maybe. Mm. I was uh, yeah, I was like, oh, what what would it be? <laughs> um, very well, strong you... flavour of some kind that might make. I... I think she was worried about it tasting disgusting, wasn't she? She yeah. was. Yeah. I initially thought I went where. Queen of Tarts went at the start of the show. I thought this was some kind of wacky backy type thing. Then I thought, well, of course it's not because no. Harrison's her chap. Right. So like, it's not going to be. No. But initially I thought, what the hell? Right. Back in the day though, you know, our Fallon, mm. you know, she was, uh, she was on the circuit, you know, you know, do, you know, all of her live gigs and stuff. Say so she must've spoken the yeah. odd little bit of a, uh, as my grandmother would say, reefer back in her, in her time. But then, anyway, very obviously it wasn't that because she's married to a policeman and she's whatever. So, but like I had utterly no idea. But as uh, as, as Jill said, you know, um, the some of the best recipes come out of mistakes, you know, crepe Suzette, as she said, you know. Yes, and you can't yes. tell me that the first time um, somebody served a baked Alaska, that was not a mistake. It must have been a mistake. And I thought, oh, it actually tastes quite nice. You know, I don't so. know how they'd get to that mistake, but, <laughs> oh, I've accidentally put some ice cream in the oven. And then burns it with a flamethrower. Yeah. But <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, not, not quite sure. But mm. yes, I mean, yeah, probably lots of things come out of accidents. So basically, I'm barking up the wrong tree by even asking you because you're a self-confessed kind of, you know, not really into cooking type of person. So the finer details of herbs and spices and what it might have been, utterly lost on you. It's lost on me as well. <laughs> not by totally. The way. I mean, we- I do cook, but yeah. Mm. I, I, but you cook under duress. You've, you've made that abundantly clear. <laughs> yeah, I have necessity, complete necessity. Hmm. Lots of fish For fingers what- going on. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, you know, I, I'm I'm Mister. Let, let's order in. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more about just like cooking for me bores me rigid. Oh. But I don't mind eating. Don't mind oh, yeah, eating love the fruits eating or someone's bit. cooking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm expert at that. It's not much of the cooking. Now we have another caller in. Um, this is Daniel. So let's get let's hear what he's got to say about the last week in Ambridge. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Daniel from St. Andrews calling in again. I'll keep it short because um, a lot was said last week, but just wanted to say a big thank you to the departing hosts and uh, the return of the king. (laughs) Weird week. I'm sure a lot of the calls in will be about that, but it seemed like a lot of sort of quick turnover stories that we can start and either finish the same episode or the next episode. And I thought a lot of characters were sort of 
I don't know, something was in the water. A lot of characters were acting very strangely. I thought Jim was very short with um, Stella. I thought um, Roy and Lee's interaction about the whole cake thing was just ridiculous. But I, I get the my, my plot prediction is this: it does tend to go in sort of sort of troughs, dips, and troughs. And I think next week we're looking at a perhaps the return to the sort of legal custody, financial nastiness. But hopefully I'm to be proved wrong. But <laughs> hopefully it will at least be a a more compelling storyline. Because at the moment I don't know. It's a bit silly. I mean the the Freddie and Lily thing was just a bit absurd, but other than that, look forward to see how it goes on moving forward with the new host and guests. Cheers. Thank you very much to there, Daniel. The consensus is mm. that this was a, some people say bizarre, some people say a filler week. I would say it's a, it was a character week. You know, when you, when you get your scripts, can you kind of like feel the tenor has changed from one week to the next? Can you actually tell who's actually written that week? Um, sometimes, I mean, we don't get all, I mean, if you're in it, if you're in every episode in the week, then you get more of a sense of that, but, but, you know, if you're not in every episode, um, it's difficult to tell because sometimes I think that the gear shifts from one day to the next. Um, but I could, uh, but this week did feel, I suppose, lighter, um, to a certain extent, even for Tracy a little bit, because, um, I think last week had been, you know, last week as in a week ago, <laughs> two weeks ago, um, <clears throat> a bit a bit harder for her, and that was a bit more grim. Um, this week there was there were the lighter moments as well, um, and I suppose that's like life, really. I mean, sometimes it feels like it's more com- comic and more comedy in there, and I like that. I like the fact that that the archers can do that. Um, that it can be very, very funny and sometimes a bit silly um, and then other times absolutely devastating. And sometimes it's a mix of the both in the same episode. Um, that's what so that's what I love about it, particularly that's what what, what I think is so is the genius of the archers. Um, yeah, and it, 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 having listened to it again today, the omnibus, I was like, oh yeah, it's really, it's, it is it's a really characterful um, week with lots of great voices. Um, and people, you know, we don't hear from Jill that often. So it was lovely to hear her and her mm. response to Fallon's panic, this kind of just, you know, chill, <laughs> chill out, <laughs> but in a Jill way, said in a Jill way. And I love Pat and Tony at the moment. I love, I adore them at the moment. They're just so funny. Um, and they they often have these little funny sort of bickering moments. Um but it's been so nice to hear hear them again, like that, and, and just the, and Lee, um, that whole Lee th- that made me laugh out loud while I was walking down the street, him getting hit um, with the bat. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you obviously today we were recording, so you're like, right? I need to like do this all properly. I need to uh, listen uh, to the omnibus, maybe take some notes, and blah blah blah. You know. But do you actually listen to the omnibus? Do you listen back to the episodes? Is this something which you do as as a ritual because you act in it? And, or do you do this because um, you feel that you should so you can 
you know critique your work and how the show's doing no i i do listen i listen i listen to episodes i'm in obviously but i listen to all of the episodes so i think it's important to know what's going on um because otherwise you're just i don't know you're not part you're not becoming part of the fabric of the program if you don't know what else is happening um because often things are said which you're involved in that you might not know about if you don't <laughs> if you don't hear or unless someone tells you um or, you know what another character might be thinking about you or uh something you've said or done that you that's not in a script that you're you're actually in and i enjoy I just enjoy it i really do enjoy listening to it um genuinely think I, I miss it if I, don't, if I, you know, I need to know what's going on. I want to know what's happening with, I mean, I need to know what's going on with so many characters who, who you're just waiting to hear from. My very final quarter in is Ambridge Pony Club. I'm so excited that Royfield is making a guest appearance back with Susie Rids that I just had to call in. Um, and Jacqueline Berteau to follow as the next great host. Oh my goodness. Dumpty Dum Tires is playing a blinder. I can't wait to hear her. And I think it's absolutely fantastic and delighted to have Royfield back for a bit. Please make sure you do some great rants about politics or superheroes or something along those lines. We've missed them. I'm calling in because I think we really need to talk about Henry. Henry is still being spoken about like he's playing with his Brio wooden toy set in the living room. But Henry is heading into an interesting age. He's nearly, he is 11 now. I believe Cousin Kate was in the bull ordering G&Ts, not too much further down the line from that, as Susie probably well knows and can tell us all about. But um, Henry, yeah, I don't think he's interested in judging. Uh, I don't think Henry even knows about it. I think Lee just knows that Helen will whine like nobody's business for weeks if he's missed signing up her little darling on Facebook for that. Also, if Henry does get involved, I think his main interest will be in extorting bribes from everybody, probably a bottle of cider or a couple of fags, um, to tip the judging panel in their favour. Um, hope that Henry comes along, as I think he will, as the next village tearaway. Fed up of insipid mammy Henry, so let's see what happens with this judging storyline. The Henrys of the world with their steamrolling parents who grab everything for them really do piss me off so come on Kira hopefully Ed will get you in there too and hopefully the parents will calm down and remember this is actually about celebrating the jubilee and having a bit of fun probably won't but there you go uh so great to have you back and love to everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers it's Jen Ambridge Pony Club Henry Archer are you a fan oh um I yeah <laughs> Yeah, I can't say I'm not a fan of him. He's only he's only we. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing him sometime. I'm sure that will happen. Um, but the, but Jen does make a really good point, Ambridge Pony Club, in mm. that because we haven't heard the voice in a long time. I mean, when it was the Robin Helen thing, it was like Mummy, oh, Daddy, yes, you know, yes. and in our minds. We still have infantilized him, haven't we? And I've got a yeah. sneaky feeling there's a there's a certain level of overparenting going on, which is infantilizing him anyway. You know, but yeah. who knows? Who knows? This is all just guesswork, and that's one of the beauties of uh, 
you know, having these silent characters and not having the pictures because you actually don't really know. So we, we, we fill in the blanks, don't we? Yeah. And I suppose with Lee, because he's not his biological dad, he seems a bit nervous. He lost him once, didn't he? He lost yeah. him. I mean, I remember listening to that and going, oh, my God, you know, oh, not worst nightmare. Um, and it's not in, and it's not actually your child as well. Oh, God. I mean, can you imagine? Um, so I think he's sort of overcompensating a bit, probably. But yes, it's because, it, you know, if he's 11, then he's going into secondary school. Uh, he's, yeah. he's out of infancy now, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. When, yeah. when you're 11 and you're going to big school, that's when you get your, your first mobile phone. You know, it's like a real sign of, of independence, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. So. Yes, he'll be he'll definitely the, the, the wanting to break away from the parental kind of leash, definitely. Yes, and it was, I think Kate was, um, Kate was 12 when she went to the pub and ordered the lager and lime and various other tearaway style things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ambridge Pony Club is correct. <laughs> well, yeah. here's the thing, right? The best and easiest way, if you enjoy listening to The Archers, is to record us a message or a plot prediction um, via SpeakPipe. Now, what you can do is go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash Dumpty Dum, and it's Dumpty Dum, so it's a T in the middle, and you'll find a link. Or you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the SpeakPipe button. We need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, before we do a tweet of the week and a social media roundup, I'm going to beg and beseech you, good listener. Uh, we need your help. There are three ways of which you can help us. First of, all, first of all, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on the podcatcher of choice and give us a five-star review. Now, what we're gonna, what I'm going to start doing is each person gives us a, a, a glowing five-star review. Um, we're going to mention them on, on each podcast. That would be hugely appreciated. Now, secondly, and then uh, the third and final thing is, uh, would you consider becoming a Patreon? Now, Philippa and Quentin have been banging on about becoming a Patreon member, and it's one of the ways in which you can help fund keeping the lights on here at Dum Dum House. We're going to add a great uh, reward to people who are Patreons. Quite simply, you'll be able to watch us record these shows live uh, starting in about a month's time. So um, that's a great incentive for anybody uh, that gives us some of their hard-earned shekel to uh, become one of the inner sanctum, one of the most valued members of the Dum Dum community. You can watch uh, this show go out live. So there you go. That's not an inducement. I don't know what is. Now on that note, I think we should have a touch of the socials. Hello, this is Sandra with a selection from the Facebook group. There has been a lot of negativity this week, not just in Dumpty Dum, across several Archer's Facebook groups. Jacqueline Belt has started a thread to throw a positive light on the week. She like me and others, take episodes as they come. Kate Corby thought that it was a silly week, but it made her laugh. Nick Max agreed, saying that their village veers towards Royston Basie at times. Mike Jennings thought that some people moan at anything that happens in the show. 
Mike made a good point, saying that just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Jacqueline's post started off a really good discussion. Thanks for that. One example of the criticism of the storylines and writing was Keith Rawlings, who posted on Wednesday that we have had a lot of farcical episodes, but tonight's episode was cringeworthy. Diane Amick loved the shaming of salespeople as it highlights what they do. It reminded me of the young man trying to sell me double glazing. That's two hours of my life that I can never get back. Claire Campbell seems to have had the same problem. It wasn't all bad, though. Chris Murray thought that Shula was magnificent. Yeah, she definitely was on a roll there. Fiona Crawford enjoyed the scenes with Alistair and Jim. Dave Olcott has enjoyed this week, especially Pudding Gate. He intends to listen to the omnibus to hear it all over again. There were comments about Thursday's episode as well which Witherspoon described as an inane episode. Just for fun, I put up a poll asking listeners how long they thought Chelsea would last in the orangery. Most votes were for one week. Wendy Rowcroft doubted if Chelsea would get to the first shift. Charlie Norton didn't think she would last long due to repeated uniform violations and inappropriate behaviour. That seems to be a possibility. I do admit to having taken up my overall for a Saturday job in a supermarket in the 1960s. One thing that I can't leave out was the exchange between Freddie and Tracy at Lower Loxley. We do hear things differently while listening. I started a thread after reading a comment in another group that Freddie had stated that he didn't want to run Lower Loxley. I heard a young man missing his father and many agreed. Alexa Bowes agreed and thought that was why Tracy backtracked, as she had seen it too. Kathy Swain said that stepping into dead men's shoes can be painful, lonely and frightening. Sally Allen commented that Freddie has been undermined all his life and hasn't got the confidence. Oh dear. I'll stop there. See you next month. Uh, thank you for that. That was, that was tip top. Yeah. But it, but it does show you how differently people not only viewed the last week, but it, mm. but also I think interestingly, uh, you know, the scene with, with you and Freddie and how, yeah. and, and I thought, well, listening to that, that you, that, you see you, Tracy does change mid-track, doesn't she? Because she does yeah. realise the loss that Freddie's actually had. Yeah, I think... She she's not she's not a self obsessed sort of person, is she? And um I think she suddenly appreciated who she was talking to and that he had lost his dad. It was very much a oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it wasn't mm. your choice. And um but at the, at the same time they are from opposite <laughs> you know. Oh, you're living here, are you? Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh that's <laughs> I'll just go back to my crammed house and um, try and work out what we're going to eat. <laughs> yeah, and, and the house where um, I grew up in and yeah. that the whole scene where she goes for the job interview, you know, that was, you, you really got a sense that Tracy was saying, 
was realizing just yeah. how she has not moved on and yeah. how she squandered and wasted her time at school, et cetera, and, yeah. and whatever. And that was, was that, that's quite poignant. Yeah. And I think we've, we've heard, uh, she has said before, when, when she was worried about Chelsea um, mm. last year, I think it was before, it was just before we started to hear from Chelsea. Um, she was worried that she was going to muck up her GCSEs and and throw her you know chance away like Tracy did but to hear her be reduced to this sort of quivering wreck really at the interview um it kind of hammered home how underconfident she can be um yeah people appear to be confident on the outside um aren't always feeling like that on the Mm -hmm. inside I think it's been a it's been not nice, but kind of nice to see this other side of her, um, very raw side to her. So yeah, hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I thought no, I thought you played a blinder this week, and you know I, I get the whole thing what people are saying about about the scripts because you know in inverted commas nothing dramatic or particularly meaty happened, but hmm. for me I've always said I like it. I like listening to the archers when nothing happens because that for me is really great writing mm. and, 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 and stories which are all based around character. You yeah. know, this thing about the kitchen and then Shula coming in and then yeah. realizing that actually she has an open goal to tell, <laughs> in, in a, to tell Alistair <laughs> yeah. and Jim what she thinks about them. Yeah. Was was brilliant, and yes, it, it felt a little bit kind of eighty sitcom. I do understand people saying that, but in terms of us understanding that trio, it was actually mm. a really good scene. Mm. And the fact that they still have enough between all three of them that that she walked into it and she worked out very quickly yeah. what she needed to say, what she needed to do, and then she could actually have a little bit of fun with them and say, yeah. "You're a pair of idiots," and just kind of went for it. You know, yeah. I love it when nothing happens on the archers. I think <laughs> because that's not going to be referred to in, in a year or t- two's time. It's not going to be, oh, you know, um, we need we need a new kitchen and we could have got one two years ago. <laughs> that is done. That was done uh, to show us um, how the, the, the relationship between all three is actually mature, but also, you know, what Shula kind of you know can have a little bit of fun uh, yeah. with with Alice and with Jim and it's yeah, great and it's and it does it moves the character it moves the characters on I mean I think mm. I, I don't think nothing I don't think I don't think nothing ever happens does that nothing <laughs> I, I'm try, I, I mean it, you might think nothing's happening but it's, it's always ha- something's always happening yeah and um it's always well, well, it's, it's always it's leading character. to something yeah absolutely it, it's moving character, character development yes. as opposed to plot development yeah and, or, a, and yeah. you never know you never know things to come back to bite and they come back to uh and there's references back and and there might be you know there, there may be a point in the future where i don't know about the kitchen thing but we might we might hear from that saleswoman again i don't know and uh, i don't know what um you know, and 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 Shula and Alice's relationship. I don't know. Well, what's going to come from from that moment? Um, so yeah, I think there's always there's always a reason. Um, but when it's when it's joyful, like the, and actually, I just have to mention the saleswoman um, Fern because I just mm. loved the start of that episode. I can't remember which one it was. Was it Wednesday's episode? Um, 
hearing her voice because we we've not met her before and then you've got this suddenly this this completely new voice coming out of you know whatever you're listening on in my case my phone um and uh i thought she, i just loved it i loved her i loved the character and it was this rich voice confident voice um and very very funny immediately and i just i thought she was great so it was joanna gay who's the the actress who who's playing her um i just loved it <laughs> it was great it's nice when it's when you can be surprised like that go oh who's that who's that yeah um, yeah loved it good 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 now uh good people um you need a bit of a slap um over the wrists because uh we didn't have any emails in uh this week oh. now if you'd rather send uh, an email rather than and then uh do a caller in a type call via speak pipe you can do that by going to the dumdydum.com website and hitting the contact us tab at the top of the page and then by the magic of the interwebs it sends uh, an email <laughs> which it gets into my inbox so Next week, I'll expect at least two emails in. Thank you very much. Please. Do get your calls and emails in next week by um, 6pm on Sunday. And remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. All right. So the next bit on my script, it says we go from our caller in to our email in but we don't have any. So okay. uh, so, that, so that's that. Um, now, uh, we do have uh, a very important bit of the show still yet to do. And it is a tweet of the week. Now, um, I'll be quite honest with you, good people. Uh, Quentin did an amazing job doing tweet of the week. Prior to him, uh, so did Lucy. Uh, but I'm barely on the Twitters. So uh, from here on in, uh, this is now going to be the domain of Purple Pumpkin. This is her tweet of the week. Here is this week's tweet of the week, brought to you by Purple Pumpkin, at purplepumpkin63 on the Twitters. It was a challenging week as there was a lot of swearing, but keeping it reasonably clean and only slightly expurgated, here are this week's podium places for the tweets tagged hashtag the archers that made me laugh the most. In bronze position, it's Rebecca Payton, at Rebecca Payton, who said, that's the second time I've heard Lee being hit and both times it's pleased me. I'm not a good person. In silver, it's Sam, at underscore Sam Dean, with Chelsea saying, "'Cause having to wear this well nasty uniform is like totally disrespecting my human rights anting, innit, bro?' And in gold, it's Eliza Bennett, at Eliza Bennett 3, with this prediction in response to a tweet from Judith Rosenberg about the judging of the pudding competition. Logic left Ambridge a while back, so my money's on Ruth winning the pudding competition with a caterpillar cake purchased in a hurry from M&S and plonked on top of a cow pat. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that, Purple Pumpkin. Make this your domain, Mrs. Uh, Right, now, we're rapidly uh, coming towards the end of the show. And and I did say to our Susie, we're going to... It's only going to be an hour, right? (laughs) And uh, here we are an hour and a half later... But I'm going to get this down to an hour in the edit. So you're going to be listening saying, but Roy thought this was an hour. Trust me, we've had technical snafus and all manner of nonsense. Right, so I'm going to rattle through our welcome to our Facebook members this week. This week we had Ruth uh, Pycroft, Tracy McCarthy, Catherine Morris, Sharon Swaith, Joan Wiseman, Colf Hill School, interesting name, uh, Julia Escape Christmas, that's a lovely, wonderful name, uh, Debbie Ames, uh, coach at Self Employed, 
Vivian Hemming, Elizabeth uh, McCade Van Muirs, and Gillian Massey. They all joined our Facebook group this week, and you can join them by uh, going onto Facebook and joining our Facebook group. Quite simply, go on Facebook, type in Dumpty Dum, and you can join our Facebook group. Uh, we're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet-along. Um, I can vouch for that. Also, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people can get to see it, which helps to keep the community growing. You can follow us on Twitter, which is where this show was birthed by uh, going uh, by following us at Dumpty Dum. Uh, utterly no point following me on Twitter because I'm, I'm barely on it. But Susie, Susie Rids, um, what's your Twitter hat tag? It is at Susie Rids. S-U-S-I-E-R-I-D-S. Yes, love a tweet. Love a bit of twits. Um, <laughs> message me, do. And we are also on Instagram, where we're at Dumpty Dum, so follow us there. Also, I'm going to uh, formally end this podcast. So there you go, kind of the end, end of a Dumpty Dums. But thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos. Thank you to Shambridge for our most excellent voices. And thank you to the godmother of this podcast, Lucy V. Freeman. There you go. That's me. That's Royfield Brand with Susie Ridd saying to the heart of it. And uh, we'll see you all again in seven days' time. Another rip roaring, barnstorming episode of Dumby Dum, which follows the goings on in Ambridge. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.